Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Okay, so tonight we're coming from the book of Numbers chapter 14, and we're going to be focusing on verses 2 through 11. But of course, I'm going to say a quick prayer before we jump in. Okay, let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for waking us up and blessing us with another day. We want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to be on this live. Father God, right now, I pray that you decrease me, Father God, and allow your Holy Spirit to run freely through me, Father God. Allow this word to reach the ears that you set out for it to reach and allow this word to plant new seeds of faith and hope and confidence in you and your will and your word and your way, Father God. We love you and will forever praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all know somebody had commented on my post like a week or two ago. It was like, I don't ever hear you say Jesus. Like, do you believe in Jesus? Like, girl, what, what, babe, Bible study do I not say Jesus' name? Like, is it crack? Because tell me you never watched the Bible study without telling me you never watched it. I was like, people is crazy. But anyways, let's get into it. So we're coming from the book of Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 through 11. And y'all know I got to give y'all a little summary or whatever. So basically, this is Moses dealing with the Israelites. And y'all know they was giving Moses a hard time. So Moses was with the Israelites. And when you read Numbers chapter 14, verse 2, it says, All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And then they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So when I was reading this, really from the first sentence, God had already started speaking to me. And what I wrote down is that a lot of times when we're doing this journey with Christ, a lot of people are operating from a place of halfway faith and don't even realize it. And it's when certain situations or circumstances arise, that's when you're able to see, are you really about this faith life or do you just post about it on social media? Do you really, I, I was talking to my best friend last week and she was like, God is basically saying, put your faith where your mouth is. Like you, it's easy to talk about faith. It's easy to claim that you live in faith and you walk by faith. But then when certain situations come up, then fear starts spilling out. And then we see what's really in your heart because a lot of times we wonder why we have to go through tough situations and why we have to go through tough seasons. But it's the tough situations and the tough seasons that show what you really made of. I'm pretty sure y'all heard, y'all heard the little quote, people folding under pressure and that happens in a walk with God as well. Everybody is a man or a woman of God when stuff is easy. When it's all sunshine and rainbows, everybody live by the word. Everybody get it right. Everybody is just, you know, filled with faith. But as soon as a little trial or tribulation come, you start shaking up. You start folding a little bit and now it's just like, but what about all that stuff that you was posting online? <laughs> what about all that capping that you was doing online, Twitter fingers? You was tweeting about God every day. Now you got one little situation, one little circumstance that's shaking you up. And now I'm really starting to see what you're made of. So if you're somebody who is in a tough season or in a stormy season, I want you to know that God is sitting there like, oh, now I'm really going to get the real you. I'm really going to see what you made of because it's easy to say that you live by my word. It's easy to say that you believe in me. But when I place you in a situation that needs some faith, what you going to do? Let me see how you're going to act. So when I was reading this, 
what God first made stand out to me is when the Israelites said, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? And a lot of times when we enter situations or circumstances that is like a trial or a tribulation and it's a tough season, we start off with faith. You, you, you realize that, okay, you know, I've been praying. I've been living according to my word. I've been reading my Bible. I've been doing that, everything that God wants me to do. So, you know, we're confident with that, right? But then as soon as you come up against a roadblock, as soon as you come up against a tough situation, now you're starting to freak out. That's when you can, that's when you can realize that you have halfway faith because a lot of times people have faith to do it. And I wrote this down. People can have faith to do it, but not enough faith to see it through. You have faith to step out and start the business. You have faith to step out and apply for the job. You have faith to start looking for a house in that new state. You have faith to do the first part of the instructions, but there's going to come a situation or a trial or a tribulation. There's going to come some type of circumstance that's going to see, do you have a hundred percent faith or do you have just faith to start? Do you have faith that sees it all the way through or when it gets a little tough, you back down and you allow your fear to take over. How big is your faith? How much faith do you have? It's easy to have faith when you're just listening to the instructions that God is that God is giving you, but it's another thing to have faith when you have to step up to something that's that's contradicting the word of God. See, the thing is, when we're in the first part of faith, it's just God giving you the word. Okay, God said, do this. All right, bet I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But then a circum or circumstance or a situation comes up, and it's like actually you got to do it with no money. <laughs> I know I, I know I gave you the first part that was just do it. And you was all with that. You, you was cool with just doing it. But the second part of it is you got to do it with no support. Actually, you got to do it without the qualifications. Actually, you got to do it after they rejected you. Actually, you got to do it without anybody supporting you and everybody telling you that it's going to fail. That's the second part where your faith is actually revealed. And then you're, you're faced with a situation where you're going to operate from a place of faith or are you going to operate from a place of fear? See, a lot of times, a lot of people operate in just that 50% of faith and it looks good on the outside. So it's easy to fool people, to make people think that you 100% living in faith, but a lot of people really not stepping in the paint. When it gets down to it, they're actually not stepping in the paint. Whenever Steve a little bit of pushback whenever receive a little bit of rejection whenever receive a little bit of nose and doors being closed in their faith that's when their true heart comes out because it's easy to say that you live by faith when you get in nothing but yeses and open doors it's easy to anybody can live by faith then when everything is all good it's easy to live by faith but it's those people that still step out in faith when they're receiving the nose it's those people that still step out in faith when everybody say you looking crazy it's those people that still step out in faith when they don't have no support and everybody tells them it don't make sense and everybody telling them it's not gonna happen for you it's not gonna line up those are the people that's living a hundred percent faith because it's easy when you just have the yes when you just have the go ahead when everything is smooth for you that's the halfway faith that just makes it look easy but the real test of time is when you start getting those no's so i wrote down a lot of people have faith to do it but not enough faith to see it through. Because when it comes to the Israelites, the Israelites said, why is the Lord bringing us to this land? They acknowledged the fact that God, you knew God brought you there. You know God gave you that idea. You know God told you to start working on that project. You know God told you that this is where you're supposed to be. You acknowledge that I got here from God. But then they said, only to let us fall by the sword. When did you fall? When did you fail? Oh, your circumstances had you thinking that you was going to fail. So now that's just the end be all. That's just it, right? You just, you just fail because of what your circumstances say or because of what people say. Now you just forgot who brought you here in the first place. The Israelites literally said, 
Why did the Lord bring us here? If the Lord brought you here, he clearly got a plan for whatever you up against. But they took what they saw and they, they literally at that point, they weren't operating in a place of faith anymore. Now their fear was taken over. So I wrote down verse three, which it says, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? And I wrote down, this is when fear takes over faith. The minute that you see a circumstance or an obstacle that doesn't look like what God says, you have to be intentional to make sure that you do not let your fear take over a situation that you got to by faith. It was never by your own strength that you got there anyways. The Israelites didn't get themselves there. themselves there. God took them there. So that means that now that you're in a place to where you're facing a trial or a tribulation, you're facing a circumstance that doesn't look like it's going to work out in your favor. That's when you have to allow your faith to give you the confidence to say, I'm not the one that brought me here. So this problem ain't my problem. If God brought me to this, he must have a solution because I'm, I'm pretty sure he already knew that I was going to be up against this. We have to remember that in order to walk in the steps of God, it takes surrenderance. You must surrender. You must let go of control. So if you decided to let go of control in the beginning, why not at you in the middle, you starting to freak out and figure out that you got to figure out for yourself. It's like now you just changed the whole tra trajectory of everything because it started off with what God told you to do. But now that there's a problem, you think you're the solution. Hmm? Make it make sense. It was never your plan from the beginning. So guess what? This problem isn't your problem. The same thing that you did to get here is the same thing that you need to do to get through what you're facing. But a lot of times this is where we allow fear to stay, step in and overtake our faith. So I wrote down. When fear overtakes faith, thoughts of doubt take over. You begin to take on the problem that's in front of you or the circumstance that's in front of you and you begin to feel like it's your job to solve it. It's your job to figure it out. It's your job to figure out what to do next when you wasn't the one who planned the previous step. So I wrote down that they said they said in the next verse, what verses? They said the rest of verse three says, our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? One circumstance, one situation, it was like a domino effect. Now you're thinking of all the stuff that can go wrong. One situation. Now you don't thought this going to go wrong, that's going to go wrong. And what about my children? And now my children without. And now I'm going to be looking crazy online. And now I'm not going to have no money next year. And now I'm never going to be able to start it. Like one circumstance got you planning out failure. They said our children are going to be taken away. <laughs> like, not only are we going to fail, our children are going to fail too. It's just a whole sad story, right? From one thing, your negative thoughts is like a domino effect because that's what fear does. When you give fear room to creep in, they're going to take over every thought that you have. And they're going to say, this is why this not going to work. This not going to work. That's not going to work. This not going to work. And it's just going to keep going. And all the negatives just going to keep coming in because you gave fear a doorway in, in a situation that you got to by faith. Make it make sense. So they said, our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Go back to where they was captive. Remember, Egypt was not a good place for them. They were slaves. You, you want to go back to a bad situation because your fear got you scared to step into something new. Where does that make sense? But guess what? When you're scared, when you're operating from a place of fear, it's natural to do something that don't make sense because you're being led by your emotions. And anytime you're being led by your emotions, it's giving very much clown. You know, if you're a clown, just say that. Because anytime you let your feelings lead you, you let your feelings dictate your next decision, 
it's a clown. Paint your nose red with some ruby wood from MAC and just play your role. Just do what you got to do because your feelings going to have you looking like a fool every time. If, if y'all get nothing else from this live, let me tell you, your feelings going to have you looking like a fool every time. So they said our wives and children will be taken as plunder. And I wrote down, fear will have you thinking that you know more than God. Oh, not, oh you think that God brought you to this. And he didn't know you were going to come up against this. And he, he he's going to allow you to fail and your children. So if you feel that way about the current circumstance or situation that you have, why did you listen to God in the first place? Why were you operating from that place of halfway faith? If you're not going to have 100% faith in what he's telling you to do, why did you start? It's like soon as soon as fear come in, soon as a circumstance come up, soon as a trial or a storm come up, you forget who you put your trust in. You forget all that God did for you. You forget who God really is at the end of the day. It's like you don't lost your mind because fear came in. You don't forgot everything that God has shown you and everything that God has did for you, which is why you listened to him in the first place. You made the decision to listen to God from, from the beginning. Why did you make that decision? Because you trusted him. Because you know that he makes a way out of no way. Because you know that he stands on his word because you know that he shows up and show out every time so you really gonna allow this circumstance you're really gonna allow this situation to make you forget or make you doubt what you know think about why you started in the first place think about it so i wrote down fear will make you think that you know more than god they said wouldn't it be better for us to go back to egypt to go back to what had us captive they said we should choose a leader and go back to egypt because when you begin to operate from fear you don't just make one decision for yourself. You start making all type of... <laughs> you start making all type of decisions for yourself. Now, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's just clown, 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 clown. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. And you coming up with all these solutions. And then another thing that you have to think about is if you started out something with faith, if you get in the middle of that thing and start operating from a place of fear... It's really going to be a disaster because you didn't even get you here. So you definitely don't know how to operate from this place. You don't know how to do it. So your best bet, being that you're already halfway in it, your best bet is to just continue to surrender because God, you brought me here. So that means I must constantly remind myself, girl, that's just like going somewhere with no GPS because you just listening to God guide you. And then you get in the middle of the desert and say, you know what, God? Actually, I'ma just lead myself from here. Baby, you don't got no GPS. <laughs> you don't even know where you're at. You've never even been here before, sweetie. You have no clue, no idea where to go or what to do from here because your halfway faith got you here. So your best route is to just take faith 100%. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to feel like I'm just putting myself out there. I know it's going to feel like I'm literally in a position to where I can be embarrassed. If this don't go right, I know I can be embarrassed, but I have that much faith in God that I trust that he not going to let me be embarrassed. I trust that he not going to let me fail. I trust that he going to make a way. He brought me this far. I can't take control from here because I don't even know what to do from here. That's the part that fear doesn't tell you. When fear creeps in, fear don't tell you that you don't have the knowledge to get yourself through. So it's best for you to continue to let your faith lead the way. I wrote down, this is what happens when you start out doing, when you start out doing it God's way, then allow your fear to dominate your faith. The people are in the land, but that's my land. 
So this, this was the circumstance. This was the situation that they were up against. The Israelites were scared to go into the promised land that God had for them because it was some people in the land. Y'all, let me, let, let's be clear. If God said this thing is yours, the last thing I need y'all doing is being threatened by what somebody else got. It's being intimidated or worried about what somebody else is doing or what it looks like, especially online. Because y'all, it'd be so much cap online. Like, y'all wonder why I've been off the line a real lot because God been re revealing a lot to me. And y'all know I had that call with Instagram. A lot of people be doing Instagram wrong, okay? <laughs> a lot of people doing Instagram real wrong. After I talk to Instagram... They doing it wrong. And another thing, God been revealing a lot to me and people be capping on this app. And y'all have to remember the enemy is all about deception and deceiving people and manipulation. Y'all cannot allow what somebody else is doing or where somebody else is to discourage you from what God is telling you to do. I need you to stay focused because people be capping. The enemy be planting stuff in front of you for you to see because he wants you to get discouraged. Because he wants you to operate from a place of fear. Because he wants you to doubt what God said. So your best bet is to just do what God tells you to do and get tunnel vision. The Israelites were scared to enter the land that God had promised to them. Because they saw some other people occupying it. They saw some other people in it. Y'all know I love to give examples, right? And this is how I want y'all to think about the word that God has given you. This is how I want y'all to think about your purpose or your business or whatever God has placed on your heart to do. This is how I want you to think about it. A perfect example would be if your parents, your mom or your dad told you, hey, I got you a car. It's outside. I got you a brand new car. It's outside. Just go get in it. And you go outside and it's somebody sitting in the driver's seat. <laughs> somebody sitting in your driver's seat of the car that your parents just told you they got for you. What do you do? What do you do then? I really want to know. Somebody answer. What do you do? Your parents got you a car. They said it's outside. You walk outside and somebody's sitting in it. What are you going to do next? And I'm going to wait till somebody type and tell me. What you going to do? Because I know what I would do. <laughs> Somebody said, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Tell them to get out. Somebody said, I'm going to say, who was this? Who this? <laughs> Excuse me. That's my car. Tell them to get out of my car. That's why I wrote down the people are in the land, but that's my land. Are y'all crazy? This is my land. This is what God has promised to me. This is the business that God has promised to me. This is the market that God has promised to me. This is the authority that God has given me. This is what God said is mine. So why would I allow somebody being in it to make me doubt what God said? <laughs> is it crack, cocaine, or like what is it? Because clearly you're not, it's not, it's not clicking, Steven. It's not <laughs> It's not clicking, Steven, because this is my car. So I'm going to knock on the window until you got to go. I don't care if you look comfortable. I don't care if you've been driving around in it. I don't care if you got the seat laid back in your favorite song plan. I do not care. You have to get out because this is my car. But a lot of times we will trust people's word over God's word. Because your parents told you it's yours. You believe it. But what about what God told you is yours? It's a lot of stuff 
that God told you is yours. It's a lot of stuff that God told you he has promised to you, but you're allowing seeing other people with it or seeing other people operate in it. You're allowing them to make you miss out on what's yours. This is yours. I have promised this to you and I don't care who's in it. I don't care who's occupying it. I told you that it's yours. Fear versus faith. They feared because they saw somebody in that land, but faith had already promised you that it was yours. So I wrote down that the people were in the land, but that's my land. So I said, God's word is more promising than your mom's word. So why do you doubt? Really ask yourself, why am I doubting what God told me? Why am I, why am I doubting the word that God gave me? So that's why tonight's seed is the I-T-W-M-C. Y'all probably was like, what does them letters stand for? I'm taking what's mine. <laughs> Are you crazy? I'm taking what's mine. That's tonight's seed. I'm taking what's mine. I'm not operating from a place of halfway faith anymore. I'm not, I'm not worried about what, other, what everybody else is doing. I'm not worried about who's in the land and who think is theirs. I'm actually coming to take what's mine. I'm taking back the promise that God has given me. I'm standing on the word that God has said to me. And I understand it may be some people in that industry that's that you know they're doing great right now it looks great on their end they may have more customers they may have more followers they may have more dollars they may have more experience but i'm still taking what's mine i'm still stepping into the work that god gave me in spite of what i see in spite of what it feels like and in spite of what fear wants me to think i'm taking what's mine because God didn't say it's the promised land as long as nobody in it. He didn't say it's the promised land as long as they invite you in. He said, that's your land. So when I was also studying this yesterday, what God brought to my attention is he said, you can't be mad about somebody, someone or somebody occupying a land that you won't take. You won't take it. You're not, you, you're operating from a place of halfway faith. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. So going back to the example with the car, if your parents tell you, I got you a car outside and somebody is sitting in the car and you decide to go back in the house because stuff got a little tough, you decide to quit because you didn't get no sales on the first day. You decide to stop because nobody was supporting you. You decide to shut it down because it didn't look like how you thought it was gonna look from the beginning. If you decide to just stop and go back in the house, you can't be mad if you see that person outside driving in your car. <laughs> And I mean, they whipping it. You can't be mad. How are you going to be mad about somebody occupying a land that you won't go in? The Israelites was like, we might as well go back to Egypt. We might as we should have just never came here in the first place. Oh, our children. They had already started planning what these people was going to do to them. They in y'all land. You finna do what to who? And where? Not in my. <laughs> they in y'all land. I literally wrote down, and this was nothing but God. He said, you can't be mad about someone or somebody occupying a land that you won't take. You won't get in position. You won't do your part. And then th this is how this is how fear really be tricking people up. This is how fear really be stopping people from getting to their purpose. They say, I'm going to wait for the perfect time. I'm going to wait for the perfect time. You want to know when the perfect time is? And I'm going to read it verbatim. God said the perfect time, the time won't be perfect until purpose shows up. That's when the perfect, perfect time is when purpose shows up, when you get there, that's the perfect time. You, you want to, oh, you want to do what God told you to do when nobody else is doing it. Oh, you want to do what God told you to do when the industry doesn't look so competitive. Oh, you want to do what God told you to do when you have all of the support in the world. 
You want to do it when the people leave, when the threat leaves, when, when, the, when the setback leaves, when the pushback leaves. You want to do it when there's no doubt. You want to do it when there's no fear. That's when you want to do it. And God said, you waiting on the perfect time. The perfect time is when purpose shows up. So those people are not leaving the land until you get there to occupy it. This industry is not going to be feeling comfortable or feeling like it's for you until you step into it. That business is not going to take off until you start it. You're looking for signs before doing what God is telling you to do. And he's saying there's not going to be any signs until you start. When you start, then the signs will come. When you do your part, then it'll be the perfect time. When you show up, then I'll show out. But you want to stand back and look from the sidelines and say, when they leave, then I'm then I'm going to really show y'all what I'm made of when they leave. When they get out my land, I'm going to take over and I'm going to throw a big party. I'm going to just do everything God told me to do. I'm just waiting on them to leave. And the people getting comfortable with your stuff. She going to pick up her friends in your car. <laughs> They spilling Starbucks in the passenger seat like your car's getting dirty. They're doing what they want to do with your promise, with your purpose, with your industry, with what God told you to do. They out here having a ball with it because you're not stepping up because you're not doing your part. So tonight's seat is the I'm taking what's mine seat. I'm taking what's mine. Y'all want to know how the story ended? God told God told Moses. He told Moses the Israelites will not enter that land. You ain't going to enter the land either. Actually, them children that they said was going to be taken captive, I'm going to give the land to their children. I'm going to give it to them because clearly y'all not bold enough to do y'all part. So guess what? Y'all not going in. Who, who got time to play with y'all? Y'all be thinking God got time to play with y'all? God will use somebody else. That's the truth. <laughs> you don't want to show up. You don't want to occupy the land. You don't want to step into it. He will use somebody else who's willing to step up in faith and do their part if you don't want to. If you want to live from halfway faith, if you want to only have faith when stuff is good and only have faith when it looks like it's working in your favor, and the minute that a little storm comes, a minute that a little test comes, you start to fold up and don't want to have faith no more, God will use somebody else. Think about it. Think about in relationships. Do you want somebody who want to break up every time stuff get hard? Every time it's an argument, you tapping out. Stay out. That's what you do. Stay, don't come back in. <laughs> don't even come back over here. Because I don't need somebody that's only in it when it's good. That has fat, halfway faith. I don't need that. I need you to be here when it's raining, when it's storming, when it's tough. I still need you to stand and believe what the word of God says all times in all seasons so tonight's seed is the i'm taking what's mine seed that's it i'm taking what's mine i don't care who it looked like is occupying the industry who it looked like is in the land who it looked like is taking over i don't care who it looked like does it better because that's another way that fear really be getting y'all oh this person does it better or it looks like the followers and the people on social media like this person better nobody don't care nothing about that God especially don't care nothing about that. Maybe the technique that God has given you, it's not trending today, but it might be trending next week. But guess what? You stopped because you saw somebody else trending and you wasn't operating in the gift and the anointing that God gave you. So now when it's your turn for your gift to trend, it's not even trending because you stopped doing what you were supposed to be doing. You too focused on what somebody else got going on. You too focused on people trying to occupy the land that God already told is yours. Do what you're supposed to be doing. 
Don't live from halfway faith. Have 100% faith in you. Have 100% faith in the God, in the gift that God placed in you. Have 100% faith in what he called you to do. And just know, God, if it don't take off today, that must mean that you're still working on the way that it's going to take off. But it's not for me to worry about when it's going to happen. It's just for me to do my part. And the last thing that I need to be doing is worrying about who think they are occupying a land that's mine. Because if you said it's mine, I don't care if it's today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. They got to get out. Because I'm taking what's mine. Period. <laughs> Let's pray, y'all. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for this word. We want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to be on this live. Father God, I pray that this word reaches the ears that you set out for it to reach. Father God, I pray that this word sets a new fire inside of each and every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that it gives them a new level of confidence and boldness and courageousness to stand on your word and to live in 100% faith in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what people saying, in spite of the support, in spite of what who it looked like occupying the land. Father God, I pray that this word activates a beast-like spirit inside of each and every person that makes them stand up and say, I'm taking what's mine. Whatever God said is what it will be. And I'm standing on that and that only, Father God. We thank you for this word. I thank you for this live. I thank you for using me, Father God. And we thank you for loving us, flaws and all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm taking what's mine. And if anybody in the land that God told me I'm supposed to occupy, they got to go. I don't care how you go, pack up little Kiki and get out. <laughs> like, they got to go because I'm not even for the play, okay? Because like I, y'all, remember, if you don't step up and do what God is telling you to do, he will use somebody else. The Israelites was doing all that complaining and operating from halfway faith and allowing fear to take over. And Moses is hearing all this stuff they're doing. God said, y'all not going in and Moses, you not going in either. I'm going to use the children. I'm going to use the one that's not scared. I'm going to use the ones that's bold enough to believe my word in spite of what they see. That's who I'm going to use. Don't let that be you. Don't miss out on your promise because you because of some people. The people. Who? They better know who you is. <laughs> All right. I'm back real quick. I'm not going to be long. I just want to read something to y'all. Okay. Somebody just DM me. And I want to read something to y'all really quickly. It's from the same book, Numbers chapter 14, verse 2 through, 2 through 11. Yes, I'm back again. But real quick, real quick, I promise it's going to be part two. <laughs> it's going to be real quick, okay? It's going to be it's gonna be real quick. Let me read this to y'all, okay? It says, we're still in the book of Numbers chapter 14. And girl, you came back and I literally just had something happen. Girl, what happened? Okay, real quick, chapter 14 verse 11 specifically it says the lord said to moses so i already told y'all the israelites didn't want to go into the promised land because they was worried about the people and i told y'all go take what's shores they need to take what was theirs but because they didn't god told them i'm gonna give it to the kids so i wanted to read to y'all specifically what god said to moses god said to moses verse 11 says the lord said to moses how long will these people treat me with contempt how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? And I was like, let me let me look up the definition of contempt to make sure y'all really understand what he was saying. Contempt means disrespect. 
So to start off a journey and to start off doing what God told you to do, you know, with the halfway faith and to then get in the middle of the situation and decide that you're going to start not believing in what God told you, then you're going to start doubting what he brought you to. Then you're going to start doubting the outcome. That's literally disrespect. That's what God, they're, they're disrespecting me. That's what he said. He said, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will these people treat me with disrespect? He said, how long will they refuse to believe in me? And then this is the part that really, really made it hit home for me. He said, in spite of all the signs that I have performed among them, when God calls you to something, when God has a plan for you or a purpose for you, right? He has already, you wouldn't believe in the plan or the purpose if he hadn't already shown you that it's according to his will. If he hadn't already shown you some type of confirmation or some type of sign or some type of word, he had to show you some type of proof before you actually 100% begin to believe in it. So now why are you beginning to doubt what he told you and what he has already shown you? He said, how long would they treat me with disrespect? In spite of all of the signs that I've already shown them, in spite of all of the times where God showed up and showed out for you, in spite of all of the times where God opened doors for you, in spite of all of the times where he made a way when you couldn't figure out what way was about to be made, in spite of all of those times, you still don't believe in him. He said, how long would these people treat me with contempt? How long would they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? And then when you get to verse 12, that's when he says, I will strike them with the plague and destroy them. But I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Because at this point, y'all plan with me. <laughs> Basically, that's what I got from it. At this point, y'all plan with me. I've already proven to you that I'm going to make, I'm the type of God that makes a way out of no way. I've already proven to you that I go above and beyond. I've already proven to you that my word is nothing to be played with. I've already proven to you that circumstances cannot stand against Christ. I already proved to you who I am and what I do as your father. So how long will you treat me with disrespect in spite of the, he said, in spite of the signs I have performed? In spite of the signs that I have performed, how long are you going to continue to doubt what God said? In spite of the doors that he opened, in spite of the ways that he made for you, in spite of the times where he made the finances come and you ain't know where they was coming from, in spite of the times where you had favor and you've been placed in positions that you knew you weren't qualified for, in spite of the times where he opened doors where you never even thought was going to be open for you, you don't even know why they chose you or why they opened that door for you, in spite of all of the signs that he has given to you and that he has shown you, why do you still treat him with contempt? Because they were doubting. They were worried about failing. They were worried about it not happening and it not working for them. And that's disrespectful because you really think that God brought you this far to leave you? That's disrespectful to even think that God would be that type of person. He said, how long would they treat me with contempt? How long would they do that? How many signs do I have to show you to show you that I make a way for you? How many signs do I have to show you to show you that I will never let you fail? How many signs do I have to show you to show you that I'm really about what I talk about? How many signs? He said, how long will these people treat me with contempt? And I just like the way disrespect sounds. So I'm going to just say disrespect. How long will these people treat me with disrespect? How long would they refuse to believe in me? At this point, you're refusing to believe in me because I already showed you who I was. I already showed you what I can do. I've already brought you this far. I've already made a way for you. I've already opened doors for you. I've already spoken to you. I've already shown you that I will use you when nobody else think you qualified. I've already shown you my character and who I am how long will you refuse to believe in me 
Now it's just you. It's not that I haven't shown you any signs. It's not that God hasn't made any ways. It's not that God hasn't opened any doors. It's literally just you, you refusing to believe and you choosing to be disrespectful. He said, in spite of all of the signs I have performed among them. So I just wanted to get back on here to read that verse. y'all, And I'm going to read it again because I really want y'all to get it. He said, how long will these people treat me with contempt, disrespect? How long will they refuse to believe in me? In spite of all the signs I have performed among them. It's not. And, and, and this is the part that I really want y'all to understand. It's not that these were signs that he heard other people that they heard other people experience. Oh, no, this is not something that you heard God did for her or something that you heard God did for him. You know, for a fact that God has opened doors for you specifically. He said, in spite of all the signs I have performed among them, not in spite of all the signs that they heard about, not in spite of all the doors that they that Craig told them I opened for him. No, I did it for you. I opened doors for you. I made ways for you. I went above and beyond for you and you choose to treat me with disrespect by doubting what I told you because of what? Because you see somebody else in the land that I gave you because of what? Because of what somebody else said? Because of them saying it's not going to work? Who are they? What what are what are they what have they ever done for you? You're really going to allow what somebody else told you or what somebody else is trying to get you to see to make you doubt God's word when God has shown you all type of signs and wonders. He said, how long will they treat me with disrespect? How long will they refuse to believe? Because it's not that I haven't proven who I am. I have. But you're just choosing to believe otherwise you're just choosing to believe circumstances you're just choosing to believe what you see in front of you as if i'm not in control of everything that's in front of you how long will they treat me with contempt and disrespect and they were treating him with contempt and disrespect by doubting the word that he had given them by doubting where he had brought them don't treat god with disrespect or contempt believe what he told you Stand on what he told you and act according to what he told you. Take what's yours. That's all I wanted to get on and add that little part in. Y'all go to bed. I'm about to go to bed because it's late. But I was like, let me get back on real quick for part two. All right, y'all. I love y'all. I'm going to say this to my IGTV.